Hey, listeners, I'm just hopping on before this episode to give a little bit of a heads up that while this is a pretty lighthearted episode, it does mention some topics of mental health challenges, including at one point, the topic of suicide. So we do want to make sure that folks are aware. And if this is not the right episode or not the right time for you, you know, please feel free to just check back with us for next episode. Also, you might notice that the sound is a little different on this episode than other ones. And that's because we grabbed the recording while we could, where we could. So we appreciate your patience and wish you a great listen for this really heartwarming episode. Thanks and see you on the other side. Welcome to the Two Peers Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Doremo, and today is the last in our four-part Pride series celebrating the month of June. So this is a bit of a different episode than we usually have, um, and we have special guest Liz Kavarsky joining us today to talk about her efforts in kicking off the first Pride celebration in Bath, Maine. So she'll be sharing her insights and we're so lucky to have her joining us today. So Liz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, we we were at the Bath Pride celebration this year and Two Peers, you know, was one of the sponsors and we had so much fun and it was so just such a joyous activity and I really wanted to connect with you and kind of hear about that process. So, so yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to chat about it. It was a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of what 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 you do and what brought you to this work. Yeah, sure. Um, so hello, everyone. My name's Liz. Um, my pronouns are she, her. Um, I, I'm going to start from the beginning and I'll probably ramble. So let me know. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in Rhode Island in a small town where I had never heard of pride until I was a teenager. Um, and it wasn't ever done, still hasn't been done in my town. Um, but we would go to Providence for pride to celebrate there in a bigger city. Um, I have a background in teaching art and I became a social worker after that, um, and have been practicing social work, uh, for four or five years now. Um, I have a special interest in social justice, as all social workers do, but also in community organizing and abolitionism. Um, And what brought me to this uh, event was um, my position right now as the director of the Working Communities Challenge Initiative for Sagadahawk County, and that is through the Midcoast Youth Center. Um, And one of the goals that we have is to increase hope among youth, um, which is this big, amorphous, wild goal that's sort of like, how do we get there? Um, And so one of the things we think a lot about is how do we create more welcoming spaces for youth, especially those who are not always served as openly and readily. Um, And 
the way that this came about was one of the folks in our coalition said, has Bath Maine ever had a pride event? And we all were like, has it? No, seriously? No, what? (laughs) Um, And so that's, that's basically where it started from was just like the curiosity and kind of like surprise that we're so behind. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I think Maine is such an interesting um, landscape as well in terms of pride. And for folks who come to Maine and vacation and kind of stick to the coastline and they see lots of rainbow flags and, you know, Gunkwood and Portland and, and they see these welcoming spaces. And I don't know that everyone travels like inward or sees the rest of the state and kind of understands that it is a varied landscape and there is um, a lot of diversity of thought in the state of making a lot of differing opinions. Um, So it's not a given, right, that just a mid-coast community would have a pride event. Yeah, big time. And, you know, our neighboring community, Brunswick, they had their first ever pride last year. Um, which oh, I didn't realize that. Surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm bringing that up for a couple of reasons, but one of them is that they have been super supportive. So when we were starting to plan this, we were like starting to tell some other folks in the region that we were doing this thing. And a couple of people were like, have you talked to the people in Brunswick? Because they had the same situation last year. Um, so they were super helpful and supportive in doing this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and the Brunswick Pride is quite large now, I feel like even in its second year, it was quite large um, and had a lot of folks. And Brunswick, for anyone listening, uh, has a college it, there, you know, Bowdoin is in Brunswick. And so there is kind of a different dynamic. What would you say the dynamic was in Bath? For Pride or just in general? Just in general. Um, I would say real couple of things going on. There's real working class blue collar vibe because we have um, Bath Ironworks, large employer. Um, and then there is this gorgeous little downtown area that uh, Main Street Bath is an organization that works to like beautify and organize the space. Um, but their mission is geared towards um, elderly folks and young families. Um, and so I think there's a real swing and a miss when it comes to young people who don't have kids and people who are maybe um, sort of like march to the beat of their own drum. There's a big miss yeah. in that. And I think, yeah, and I think in the summertime there there is an influx of kind of visitors and tourists, but it's a little different. I think in, from what I've seen, Bath is sort of a hub for some of the more rural areas that don't have a downtown that are in the surrounding area, and so Bath is where folks go for groceries and go for, um, you know, their prescriptions to get filled, and and yep. yeah. Yep. It's a pretty quiet, it's a pretty quiet space. And like you said, yeah, in the summers, there's a big influx of people. It's beautiful on the water, you know, Um, got a few cute little restaurants, but it's pretty quiet in general. Yeah. So what did the process sort of look like for you as you, as the idea went from a seed to kind of the full, full grown plant? 
Yeah, the process was my favorite part, actually. I mean, other than, of course, the drag show that ensued uh, day of the event. That was awesome. But um, (laughs) the process was amazing because like from the second I had been like, okay, I'm going to ask my boss if I can spend some of my work hours um, organizing this. And she was like, hell yeah, basically was what I got, which was amazing. Um, But then like from the second I said yes and like basically got permission to be doing some work on this during my work hours, um, people just kind of started coming out of the woodwork to help us organize. Um, We were kind of given this really cool like experiential heads up from the Brunswick Pride folks who said, if you can try to co-organize it with some event that already happens in in the space downtown. So we thought about it um, and started realizing that the Bath Art Hop was a super cool and young, actually, group of people and liberal group of people who come together to create these outdoor summer events once a month um, in Bath. Um, so we reached out to them and they in like 10 seconds were just like, yes, definitely. Like no questions asked. We want to do it. Um, which was amazing because they already have their own thing going and they already have a lot of like beautiful relationships with everyone else in the city. So that was like the golden ticket sort of for us, (laughs) because I think one of the biggest challenges is working and we had a great time with it, but I think it could have been working with municipalities Um, like permitting, insurance, like working through all those details. Um, But really, we had so much community-wide support um, when we started talking with the city about like, hey, what do you think about a crosswalk? And what do you think about um, putting flags up? They were so, so supportive. Um, And it was actually really funny. We had this like plan because we have all these cool artists on our team from the Bath Art Hop. We had this plan. We're going to go out and we're going to paint the sidewalk on this day and we're going to get permission and da 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 all that stuff. Um, But we woke up one morning and it was already done because the city had decided to just do it for us. (laughs) Oh, that actually gave me goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's not how it usually works working with municipalities. Sure isn't. Sure isn't in my experience. So that was a great surprise. Um, I started the social media page because people kept asking, do you guys have a website where we can learn about what's going to be happening at the event? Like, where is the event? And I was like, well, we don't have the location pinned down yet. (laughs) But I'll, I'll put like a little notice on Instagram and like instantly started receiving messages from people like you and other wonderful community Mm -hmm. members saying that we want to get involved. We want to support. Where can we donate? Um, Where can we buy flags? Where can we like sign up to be vendors? Like all that kind of stuff. So that was great. Yeah. That's that's awesome. So that's interesting too, because it feels like it accomplished the goal of giving people a place to find information, stay up to date. It was accessible and probably a bit lower maintenance than creating a website and updating a website and everything involved in that. Yes. And there's this other this other piece that we didn't start organizing until March and we did it in June, which as you can imagine, was not a lot of time. <laughs> so it was kind of a scramble, but it I feel like it went really well. We we didn't know how many people to expect, but you know, come the day of the event, we're like looking around, like the folks who had organized, we're looking around saying, like, there's gotta be 300, 400 people here, something like that, throughout the afternoon, which felt like a huge win to us. Um, especially because I would say 
maybe half of them were young people, like folks like under 20. Um, so that to me was a huge win because going back to like the purpose behind this from our organization's perspective and our coalition's perspective is that we want safe, inclusive, welcoming spaces for youth. And that felt like it was achieved. Like they were laughing, they looked relaxed. Um, they hung out like the whole time. They were having the best time with the um, with the drag performers as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually pretty surprised as well to see both ends of the like generational spectrum represented. There were there were a lot of like grandparents and maybe some great grandparents and the park was absolutely filled. So the word got out and the community was really supportive and it had just such a like festive kind of like family oriented carnival feel to it. So yeah. Yeah. Accomplished there. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That was the hope. That was super fun. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about our safety planning too. I feel like that's a topic that was really concerning for a while, just based on the amount of reporters that reached out to me saying, you're still going to have pride even with all the safety concerns. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, and that was obviously a huge win that there were no safety issues. Um, we did have a really cool volunteer medic from the Lewiston Pride actually reach out and say, would you like me to come? And she did, and she was great. And nothing happened, which was amazing. Um, there was one police officer. I didn't see him, but I heard that he kind of danced throughout the crowd for a minute or two and then just like parked his cruiser out front and hung out for a bit. But nothing really happened. Yeah. So yeah. what did that look like, I guess? Um, just... Because I think for other people who are starting to think through, you know, maybe I could do something similar. Like maybe I can be an agent for change and create what we, we don't see yet. Um, you know, some of the like the planning for the risk management might be a bit daunting. So, you know, who did you lean on or what resources did you have to sort of tackle that? Yeah, sure. First, um, I would say reach out to any organizations that have done this before, um, any LGBTQIA plus allied organizations, I would reach out to them and ask what they do because they're used to managing these kind of events. Um, mm -hmm. You're not the only or first one to do it. <laughs> so just remember that. Um, and what, so what we did was, well, first of all, we reached out to the Brunswick Pride people because they had just done it the year before. We asked them what they did. They had a different approach. Um, we talked through it with our team. So they just reached out to their local PD and basically hired them on to come for the event. Um, mm -hmm. we did not have a budget yet. So we were, and because I was hoping to talk with the team more intentionally about, um, what is Pride? How did it start? And do we feel safe having police force there? And I know this is controversial for a lot of people, but I feel like it's important to talk about. Um, so we had that conversation and had some time to think about it. So we also reached out to Out Maine, who is an incredible organization in, in Maine. Mm -hmm. um, we chatted with them and they said an another tool that you could use is to reach out to... Um, Prevention Action Change, PAC, 
Um, they host these incredible trainings for active bystander interventions. Um, so there was a subset of us among the Pride Planning and the Art Hop team who agreed to take the training and to be active bystanders um, at the day of the event. So there was a group of, I think, eight of us who took the training um, and were kind of like stationed throughout the event, just keeping our eyes open and keeping in communication with each other if anything were seeming like it could have been a problem. Um, yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like um, a really community-based way of, you know, providing that sense of safety and and a backup plan should things not go as planned. Um, but I do feel like in this case, I didn't see any kind of rumblings even or any backlash or I would, I have to admit, like I was, I was bracing, like I was a little bit ready just because of the, you know, everywhere I look right now on Instagram, I've like deleted Instagram off my phone because I don't want to look at comments and all that. So I was a little you know, like just ready to not be disappointed. And I didn't really see much of it. I didn't see anything, to be honest. Same. It was definitely my biggest fear. Um, (laughs) You know, you put on an event that is meant to support a community that I would say really needs it right now. Um, And it's a community building event as well. And the thought of someone getting hurt intentionally is like worst nightmare. (laughs) Um, So I think, yeah, that was, I think the biggest win for us, but no, I didn't see anything either. Um, Yeah. And we had talked about it a lot and thought about it a lot. Um, No, even counter protesters. The the only thing, the only thing that happened was I got kind of a Karen sort of a message on Instagram at one point and just didn't engage. (laughs) But it was one and among, you know, umpteen other like private messages that were just like wonderful people just reaching out to support. Yeah. Um, And I thought that there were some pretty big names, like some pretty big recognizable names that associated themselves with pride, like mid coast Mm -hmm. medical and just, which made me like, I looked and I thought like, Oh, I, I patronize that business or I patronize that office. And that's, that makes me feel really good to know that, you know, they have taken this public stance that they are supportive and so that everyone else that uses their services or patronizes them knows that walking in the door, you know, that's, that's their stance. So yeah, thanks for reminding me to talk about that. We had such a great time um, thinking about how do we create like public kind of like allyship and shared responsibility over letting the community know this is something that lots of us support. And I do think that that's part of safety planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think it's connected. Like we had <laughs> this really incredible conversation with some of the people at Bath Ironworks. Um, they sponsored us too, and they were in support. Some of them showed up in their t-shirts and came and boogie. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I, I definitely teared up a few times more about like just watching the kids have so much fun. <laughs> But yeah, Yeah. so things like that were definitely a big deal um, to start to create those like that network. I like to think of it as like a network of belonging and safety. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah. 
Yeah, my I mean, when I really teared up at the event, I turned to my husband and said, like, oh, if I had just had something like this when I was younger, I think it would have saved me a lot of pain, self-hatred, like so many things. And I just like looked at the folks who were like the kids who were there with their parents and their families and and their friend groups and just thought like, oh, I'm so relieved that they will not have to wait until they like get to college to figure out that they're not broken and that there are other people like them. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Um, I've had friends and friends of friends who've had serious mental health issues and even lost their lives over suicidality and depression and just huge mental health issues just because I, I think it's just because they didn't have a place where they felt like they belonged um, so to be able to like work with a whole community of people that want to support that felt huge. And then because I am connected with the youth center, I noticed that there were some young people who never come to downtown Bath who did for this. So it's creating this new sort of, I'm hoping sense of belonging for them. Um, because we're, we're showing them like, we want you here too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so do you have any like, you know, kind of thoughts or words of wisdom to anyone out there that's thinking, you know, we don't have a pride anywhere near me. Maybe I could dip my toe in this or thing. Yeah. Um, that's super exciting to have that like thought revelation moment, I think. <laughs> so if you feel excited about it and like passionate about it, you're half the way there. <laughs> um, and then do it together. Um, so find other people who share that same thought and passion with you. Find other organizations who've done similar things before. And like I was saying before, what we learned about co-organizing with other events that already happened was huge. So already having that network of support um, because it really is a community-oriented event anyway. Um, that's huge. Um, so yeah, partnering up with people that are like-minded, um, and who've done it before, I think is big. Yeah. I think, um, you, you and the organizers did a great job of like showing local, bringing in those local voices and leader leaders that people recognized and kind of helped to, to pave the way. And I think even like, Beth Israel congregation was present and that was awesome. Like, yeah, yeah they, they're the best. Basically what happened there was incredible. I, <laughs> I was with um, a couple of other organizers and we were starting to talk about it and we got a couple of emails from some lovely parents who said, we want to support, we want to help. What can we do? Um, our, we have some kids that are queer and trans and we want to create a welcoming environment for them. So we're like dedicated to the cause. And honestly, they were the best. <laughs> they were the best. They would do anything. They basically were like our outreach coordinators and our like fundraisers. And yeah, they did everything. Um, and yeah, they were parents at Beth Israel Congregation, it turned out. So when it came time for like more community engagement, they said, well, I think that Beth Israel could do this and do that and do this and do that. Oh. <laughs> and they did so, so much. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. 
That's awesome. It's not always the way it goes with volunteer situations that can sometimes be tough to get all everything moving in the same direction and everybody on board. So that's amazing. It shows the groundswell of like, you know, how much people were excited about it that they showed up on the day and in the preceding days. So thank you for like doing this. Thank you for making this happen. Yeah, my it's my pleasure. I couldn't imagine not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to see how it grows in the coming years and this template, you know, as we make these events more available so that there aren't um, such wide swaths or pockets where people, young people, older people can't, you know, find their way to a, a celebration in the month of June. So, yeah, um, 100%. And I'm really looking forward to having more people involved in the planning and putting on of the event next year, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll go more smoothly, right? Because the first one's always the toughest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, thank you for kind of joining me in in the month of June where there's so much going on and we all have so many things to juggle and so much on our plates. I really appreciate you taking the time and speaking to us and sharing your experience. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for letting me talk about it. It's been, yeah, really fun to reflect on with you. Yeah, thanks. And for anyone listening that wants more information on kind of Bath Pride or, or, um, any of the other organizations you want to highlight, where should they look? Well, I would say we still don't have a website, which is fun, but we do have an Instagram page. It's just at Bath Main Pride. Um, and that has basically all the fun photos of the day. And it shows you who our community partners were, who our sponsors were. You can reach out to me there. And hopefully next year, it'll be more like a whole social media team. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. And for anyone else that wants to follow the Two Peers journey and and access some of these resources like this podcast, you can find that on our website, which we do have, which is twopeersconsulting.com or on our Instagram for that matter at twopeersconsult. So thanks again, Liz, and we wish you the best as we close out June and, and Pride, although it lasts all year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pride's all year. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.